hear the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now give a little listen to the good news according to Fleetwood Mac. You stopped before it got to the good part. The good part is, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. It'll soon be here. It'll be here better than before. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Yeah, y'all know that one. All right, you listen to those oldies too, right? Uh, I walked into the front door of an elementary school not long ago, and up on the wall was an inspirational quote up there, and it said this. I thought it was pretty good. It says, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. And I thought, what a great thing to put up on an elementary school wall because we want our kids, don't we, to learn to use their imagination and to dream big dreams. And I really agree with this for the most part. I just, I have a little bit of problem with that because I remember as a kid and I was playing ball out in the backyard, I was imagining myself to be Larry Bird and it never happened. I don't know what went wrong. And I, I would take a little rubber baseball and I would have a little strike zone on the utility room door and I pretended to be Nolan Ryan. I imagined it so much but I never made it to the majors. So I don't guess it means exactly that. I guess what it really means is don't stop dreaming. Don't stop imagining what tomorrow could be. And that's what I want us to do too. So when you close your eyes, and do this for me just a second. Close, I, it won't be too long. Just close your eyes for a second and think about the future. When you think about the future, what comes to your mind? What does it look like? Okay, I want you to hold that question in your mind and then open your eyes back up. We're going to come back to it a little bit later on. When you imagine the future, what does it look like? So this is the last in our 
Rock and Roll Summer Series. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope you've gotten a lot out of it. We started off on July the 7th looking at yesterday with the Beatles. And, uh, one, and then last week we talked about uh, I can't get no satisfaction. We really talked about the present. We talked about what it means to, to be content, to be satisfied. It isn't about having more. It's about uh, being. It's about what you are and being thankful, being humble, being content with the present. So now we looked at the past, we looked at the present, and we're going to look at the future and think about tomorrow. Think about tomorrow. Um, when I preached on yesterday, on, back on July the 7th, one of the things that I said was, when your today is painful and hard to get through, it's natural and even normal to look at yesterday and to long for yesterday and think about the good old days. At the same time, in the same way, when your today is painful and when it hurts and when it's hard to get through, it's natural and it's normal to think about tomorrow that it might just be a little bit better tomorrow. When we just sang that uh, song, Shall We Gather at the River, did you happen to look in at the bottom and notice the year that that song was written? It was written in 1864. What was going on in 1864? It was awful, terrible, civil war, people dying all around. So when you're hurting in today, it's natural to think about that tomorrow might be better. It's natural to try to imagine a future that's better. Uh, another song that thinks about tomorrow is, is that Beatles song, Imagine. And if you know some of the circumstances around what was going on in, in that time in John Lennon's life, then it might help you understand why he would write a song like that. He was going through a lot of things professionally and personally in his family and then just in the world that he lived in. The year was 1971. The Beatles had broken up and the lawyers were kind of scrounging around kind of like uh, vultures overlooking the remains of what was the Beatles. So professionally, every day was a battle. He and his wife Yoko were fighting over custody of Yoko's daughter. And so every day, not only professionally, but his home life, it was a fight. It was a battle. And not only that, but this was the time of the Vietnam War. Uh, any, do we have any Vietnam veterans today? I usually have a few. Okay, Vietnam veterans. Okay. Well, thank you for your service. And I was too young to, to be uh, going off to Vietnam, but my cousin was there. And so every night we would, we would my mom and dad would turn the TV on. And we would, I would watch what was going on. I was too young to understand it all. But I was seeing that things were blowing up. People were dying. And then all the protesters in the street, all the turmoil. Well, that was the world we lived in. And in John Lennon's own country in England, there was uh, a period of time uh, that, that was called the Troubles. It, it was the period of time when the... Northern Ireland Catholics and the Protestants were fighting and killing each other. And I couldn't wrap my head around that as a kid. I thought, they're supposed to be Christians. And they're killing each other. And they're blowing each other up, the Catholics and the Protestants. So with all of that going on in John Lennon's life, it's no wonder that he sat down at a piano one day and he wrote these words. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. 
Think about a tomorrow that looks better than today, he's saying. Now, I know that was a time when everything was all, you might say, well, that sounds, that's, that's the hippy-dippy, mamby-pamby kind of thinking. I know, I get that. I remember the hippies. I kind of tried to be a hippie. I had bell bottoms and long hair, you know. I was groovy. <laughs> but look, the hippies weren't wrong about everything. They had some things. I'll just say uh, personal hygiene, questionable, that, you know. Um, free love, not a real good idea there. Uh, psychedelic drugs, no, they got off track. Let's don't, let's don't try to do that. But to dream for a better future, to dream that your tomorrow can be better than your today, yeah. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. It'll soon be here. Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought about what tomorrow's going to be like? I know some of you have, because I know some of you went back to school this week, and you're thinking, ooh, if I could just finish, if I could just walk across that stage and I could just get that diploma. Yeah. Some of you have, some of you have thought about a promotion at job. You wanted a job. You, if, if I could just get that promotion, then I would really be set. Or if I could, if I, thinking about the day, I'm dreaming about that day that I get to take that sign out of that for sale sign out of the yard and know I've got my first home or have that first child or if you're in the military you're thinking if I could just live through boot camp then maybe I'll be alright just tomorrow that kind of longing is not something just that we do, it's something that all creation does, Romans chapter 8 Apostle Paul says this I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory about to be revealed to us for the creation, the, the whole creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. Groaning in labor pains. Wow, you mothers out there, you're probably thinking, you think you know something about longing for the future. You try being in labor and birthing a baby. Yes, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. All creation says. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. So we all long for a better future. And along with that, I have some good news and some bad news. I'm going to give you the bad news first. That always works better. The bad news is, when you're thinking about tomorrow, your imagination's too small. You're not thinking big enough. And the good news is this. God's real future for us is better than anything we could ever imagine. Let me let you listen to the Apostle Paul one more time. 1 Corinthians 2.9, and this is in the King James Version just because it's so incredibly beautiful and powerful. He writes, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Wow. So when you closed your eyes a few minutes ago and you thought about the future, was it that big? Was it so big that you thought, I can't, even I can't even imagine. Because you see, if the best future you can imagine is walking across the stage and getting a diploma, then your imagination is too small. If the best future you can imagine is one where you get married and buy a house and have a family, it's just too small. And even if the future that you imagine is one where you win the lottery or the publisher's clearinghouse, 
Even if you imagine that, it's still too small. It's still nothing compared. It's nothing as good as what John talks about, what John talks about in Revelation 21. Now John, I'm talking about John the Apostle, not John Lennon now. John was having a pretty tough time. He, he wrote these words. It was about 60 years after Jesus had been crucified and had died and had rose again and ascended into heaven. John's, really, his whole world had been turned upside down. The Romans had come in at 70 A.D. and they had destroyed Jerusalem. They, who, whoever they didn't execute, they carried off into exile. John himself was taken to a small island called Patmos outside of Greece and, and he was in prison there. He was, if, I haven't been to that, that island. Maybe some of you have, but I'm told that if you go there, they'll take you to a cave with shackles that are in, on the wall of that cave and that's where John was shackled. That's where he wrote what we just wrote. He knew that his world back at home was, was gone. He knew that his friends in the churches in Asia Minor were being uh, persecuted and tortured and fed to lions. What could he do? And then God gave him this vision. This vision is so full of hope. God said, John, I want you to think about a tomorrow where I'm going to wipe away every tear from every eye. I want you to think about that, John. We've it, it, I've just been here a little over a year, but we've shed some tears together, haven't we? We've had to say goodbye to some people we didn't want to say goodbye to. Just imagine, John said, just imagine a future where death will be no more. No more death. No more death. No more mourning. No more crying. Imagine a future with no more pain. Can I get an amen on that? How does that sound? I have to tell you, as a pastor, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. And the reason is because I have to be one of the ones standing there by the graveside with people that you love and people that I love, people that we're having to say goodbye to for now, and I have to offer a word of hope. And thank God, I don't have to make up a word of hope. It's in there. The hope is really there. There really is a tomorrow that's worth thinking about. Praise the Lord. It's better than we can even dream of. And you know what? It even gets better. You hear a lot of people talk about, well, leaving earth and going to heaven. But John says, why don't you think about a tomorrow where instead of us evacuating earth and going to heaven, heaven comes to earth. That's pretty cool. Heaven comes to earth and God makes his dwelling here with us. John said, just imagine, imagine a future where God makes everything new. Notice that I didn't say he makes all new things. I said he makes all things new. God's good creation is actually going to be a part of God's good future. God making his dwelling here with us. Wow. John, uh, Revelation 21, 3 in, in the message puts it this way. I like the way he says it. He says, God has moved into the neighborhood making his home with men and women. God's vision for the future is one where he makes his home with us and makes all things new. It's really a theology of transformation instead of a theology of evacuation. It's very different from saying 
that, you know, it doesn't really matter what we do to this earth because it's going to be destroyed anywhere. We're going to be somewhere else. It's going to be destroyed. I just don't believe that, y'all. And I don't believe that the Bible teaches that either. I don't believe that that's what God's future for God's creation is. He's going to make all things new. It's going to be better. He's going to make his home here with us. He's going to move into the neighborhood. So in the meantime, I think it's our job to take care of the neighborhood, don't you? To take care of the neighborhood in the meantime. And that's where we are. We're in the meantime. And sometimes the meantime feels pretty mean, doesn't it? Y'all watch the news like I do. Sometimes the meantime is mean because we see our friends dealing with terrible sickness and illness and pain. Sometimes the meantime feels pretty mean because we see terrorists shooting and blowing up and not just overseas. We see it here in our country, in our neighborhoods. But think about that future. We're people of hope. We don't have to just moan and groan about the present because we have a future that is beyond what we can even imagine. Sometimes I think that we get caught up in how bad we think we have it. Sometimes I even think we get a persecution complex. We think, oh, people are trying to drag us down. Somebody, somebody said happy holidays to me instead of Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm being persecuted. But I want you to hear something from someone who actually was being persecuted, someone who was chained to a wall on an island. He said, you got to live hopefully because in the end, God wins. We ought to be the most hopeful people on the planet. We ought to be able to take some of our hope and our encouragement and splash it over onto people who need to hear it, who are thirsty for it, who want to hear something besides gloom and doom. That's the kind of world that people are thirsty for. And what if we did that? What if, what if we were the most hopeful people that anybody was ever around? What if we were filled with that kind of hope for the future? You know, I bet you there were some people, there would be some people that would want to journey along with people like that. You may be here today and, and feel like, you know, I'm kind of thirsty for that hope myself. Well, I want you to hear the invitation from the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In verse 6 of that same chapter we just read from, the Lord says to the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Your invitation, come drink in. Come drink in that hope today. Come drink in that hope that John writes about and experience just a little taste of what God's unimaginably good tomorrow is going to be like. Let's pray. Oh God, I want you to help us all to remember these words from Revelation 21. On the days when we think that we just can't make it through. Help us to remember not to stop thinking about tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 701 in your hymnal.